This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. This hour is brought to you by our good friends at Cali Key. Drop in a Cali Key into any AR-15 or AR-10 to instantly make it California compliant. For more information, check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. Self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone. And unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with the comprehensive self-defense coverage of an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. What's your plan after you defend yourself or your family? Consider a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at uslawshield.com. That's uslawshield.com. This segment is brought to you by the San Diego County Gun Owners, www.sdcgo.org. There's still plenty of seats left for the gun prom on August 15th. Definitely go to sdcgo.org, get a couple of seats or a table. And while you're at it, join San Diego County Gun Owners. If you haven't already, we're almost at 2,000 members. We got Joe Germisi, our covert blogger. And he is going to talk to us about why Americans continue to arm up. What you got, son? Okay. So, uh, yeah, this week's article or this week's blog article that you can find on the San Diego County Gun Owners uh, page there on the blog page. Um, why Americans continue to arm up. And we talked a little bit about this uh, with Antonia earlier, and I think Jason mentioned it too. Um, there's been kind of a buying frenzy. And it's um, really I, my theory here is it's in three parts. There's three things to look at. And it all started back in, um, what, late April or so when this first, uh, when the COVID thing first came up. And, um, you know, what happened was I think the government was listening to the experts and, you know, following their models that turned out to be grossly wrong. But in the beginning, nobody knew. So the first four or five weeks, there were all these dire predictions, all these fatalities, the rapid spread. And, and there was kind of a panic. We, we mentioned panic buying. I think if, if you're going to call something panic buying, that was probably, that's probably the closest, at least in the period of time anyway, when you might call it something like that. But people were frightened. And, um, you know, and I, I wrote several articles about this uh, back then. And, um, you know, the government, with the help of the media, just, um, you know, some of it was unintentional, I guess, but they really frightened people. And a reaction when the public is frightened like that is they, they get scared, they want to protect themselves, and they start buying guns. So it started there. And then I think... It continued. The second part um, was all the government overreach under the guise of this um, of this COVID crisis. And you saw uh, governments in the blue states. We saw it out here in California, saw it in other places around the country um, using using this um, alleged crisis. I, I, I just have trouble taking it seriously. Um, but talking about this and um, using this as a way to restrict our rights. And you saw a lot of these blue states uh, trying to use that as an excuse to shut down gun shops, uh, shut down ranges, restrict people's uh, Second Amendment rights. And it took a large outcry uh, from the public and a lot of work from uh, Second Amendment activists 
And finally, uh, the federal government getting involved to actually um, deal with that. And uh, we were able to defeat that kind of stuff. But again, I think when the public sees the government doing that kind of stuff, it scares them a little bit. And the reaction is, I need to protect myself. So the gun thing kept going. And then, you know, after that, more recently, uh, when the uh, the rioting started, um, the go- the public's looking at, because if you look at what's going on, and this is still going on with these riots, because uh, they haven't stopped. Um, Portland, I think, is gone now, and they're, they're in week six, I think, of every night unrest. And what's going on is the governments, the local governments, are not doing anything. The government in Portland did nothing. The government in Minneapolis did nothing. Uh, Seattle did nothing. Uh, we saw it here locally in La Mesa when they rioted there. And um, I think when people look and they see the government not protecting citizens and not reacting to this and allowing this criminal behavior, it scares people. People start thinking, okay, well, maybe, um, you know, they start to realize stuff that us gun owners have known all along is that you're responsible for your safety. You're your first um, responder, really. And um, I think a lot of people started seeing that. And I think that's what's um, continuing with this stuff, because this has been going on since April and it's not dying down. I mean, you heard what Jason said today. Um, you know, we looked, uh, uh, where was it? Uh, it's in my article. There's, I linked to the, uh, the news story, but, um, the gun sales across the nation were up 145% in June over last year, over last June, they were up 80% over in May, over last May we sold, um, across the country. The estimate was, uh, so like 2.5 million guns in June. It was 1.7 million, I think in May. Um, so this is continuing and it's going to continue, I think, um, again, through, um, through the elections, I think it's going to continue through November because the other problem we have now is you've got a, unfortunately, a major political party that's using this, um, as a political tool. They're not, they're not speaking up because, you know, if you look at it and you know what party I'm talking about, um, they're not speaking out against this stuff. They, they continue to call these rioters peaceful protesters. Um, they're supporting them and they're encouraging that. And the idea is to encourage that with the hopes of using that to win in November. So, you know, I think between that and prolonging this COVID stuff, you see again with the shutdowns and the masks and all that stuff and the damage it's doing to the economy, um, it's unfortunate, but it's being used politically. So I think this is going to continue um, if you see now, like Jason was saying, there's still a big shortage of, um, you know, firearms and a big part of that, I think is kind of a double whammy. I think the, the COVID restrictions, especially early on when people were restricted, they shut down manufacturers. Uh, you were talking about suppliers of raw material. If these companies can't operate, people can't get the work that they could not produce. So they fell behind production wise anyway. And the same thing happened with ammo. And then you cut, you combine that with this ramp up or this increase in buying and demand, and they just can't catch up. Um, I was looking, I think I mentioned this last week. I was looking online. I looked at like seven or eight of the online ammo um, vendors uh, because I was looking for uh, 3030 ammo. And then I started, I noticed everything was out of stock on like seven or eight of them. And then I started looking for more common ones, two, two, three. Then I went to the handgun rounds and almost all of them were, um, were out of stock. The ones, one or two that I did find, I noticed the prices were really inflated. And unfortunately, I think that's going to go on for a while. And I think the reason for this, again, is the way the government is behaving. And I think Americans are noticing this. And it's 
I don't know if I want to say scared, but people are worried about this. And people that hadn't thought about guns before, I think, are now buying. I've got um, two neighbors in my, my uh, neighborhood. Their wives were adamantly anti-gun for years. And they just, it just wasn't an issue. It wasn't a possibility. Both of them now have gotten the green light <laughs> from their wives um, to go ahead and buy something. And uh, one of them I know just went out the other day and uh, was able to find a, uh, an M&P. As a, that was a directory. Their, their mind was changed because of everything that's going on in the world. One of them, yeah, the one that lives two doors down from me, her sister lives in, the Ma- in La Mesa and mm. had an incident, was confronted by somebody there. And um, when she related the story to my neighbor, my neighbor's reaction was to tell her husband, maybe we should have a, a gun. Yeah. And uh, so that kind of thing has happened. In fact, there's a third one that I know of, uh, one of our members whose wife is adamantly anti-gun, mm. has uh, broken down. He buys guns anyway, but now she's actually allowing him to have one uh, by the bed and loaded and ready to go. So, um, well, yeah, you know, that's what's going on. This spike is, you know, I I remember the first spike in gun sales I saw was the assault weapons ban or expansion in 2000, and then 9/11, and then uh, Obama getting elected. Well, and this is like a four month spike now. It's, this it's is keep this going. is like no, nothing I've ever seen yeah. before. This do you is, know how much work Beto O'Rourke is going to have to do? He is going to be exhausted because it's his job to take them all back away, isn't he? Well, and what's going to happen in November if uh, um, Biden wins? Because that's just going con- to be a whole new set of panic buyers. Oh, absolutely. Because they're going to you know, try to ban. and It's going to uh, be crazy. All right. All right. Well, hey, we're going to have to take a quick break. When we come back, there's a whole lot more on Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Jermisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back. You are listening to FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, hey, California assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cali Key. It'll convert any mil-spec direct impingement AR pattern rifle into a straight pull-bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. This segment is sponsored by the good folks at the U.S. Law Shield, uslawshield.com. If you own any firearm, talk to the good folks at U.S. Law Shield about what happens after the bang. All right, we got Joe Jamisi. He is going to be doing a equipment review on Wheeler Digital Trigger Gauge. What in the heck is that all about? Well, we'll see. How often do you hear Alice in Chains on the I AM know. radio, though? That takes me back, man. That takes me <laughs> back. Don't worry, I played the clean version, too. So. In, in high school, that was, for about a month, that was the coolest song ever existed. You know yeah, what I mean? That if, was. And if you look at the lyrics, it's hilarious. There's like four lines. You yeah. Know, but, yeah. Great song, though. So, um, what we have here is a... Um, a trigger gauge, actually, a digital trigger gauge by Wheeler Engineering. And um, 
what they use these for is um, to find out how much force it takes to pull your trigger on your uh, firearm. Hmm. Um, people that do work on their guns, that work on the triggers, um, if you're shooting competitively, a lot of times you'll uh, lighten them up a little bit. So it, you know, it um, allows you to shoot maybe a little bit quicker. Um, like I said, if my, my skill level ever gets to the point where I take a couple of ounces of force off of the trigger and it helps, I'll be, <laughs> be really happy. Okay. So, um, yeah, trying to figure out where to uh, put this thing, but actually I think it's probably good here. So, um, if you see it, the uh, arm kind of folds out like that. If you turn it on, um, you can see the display on here and, uh, it's really easy to see. It's a nice digital display. There's two modes on it. Uh, there's a peak mode. And uh, there's a live mode. And um, when it's turned into peak mode, and there's just a button here that switches them back and forth from peak to live. Um, in the live mode, it'll record the, uh, the highest amount of pressure that it takes to, uh, to operate the trigger. Um, if you put it in the peak mode, it'll do the highest, it'll do a minimum, a maximum, and then it'll average them out if you enter the, uh, the forces in there or the uh, readings in there. So um, it's a really handy thing. I'll show you how it works with, I've got the, uh, the Ruger GP100 match champion here from before. Um, you see, I've got the cylinder rolled out. It is empty. We're all good to go here. And um, one of the ways to do this, um, I tried this out earlier uh, today. I was, I was uh, mentioning earlier that um, I got to shoot my neighbor's uh, Colt Python uh, that was uh, one of the original pythons and, uh, he looked up the serial number and I think his was built in 1979. And, um, I measured the, well, I got to shoot them both this week and they were, they were a blast. Um, and the, this Ruger is just tremendous. I really enjoyed the Ruger. Um, but I measured the, uh, the trigger pulls on here and I did it in double action. I did it again in single action. And it turns out the Ruger is a little bit heavier. And, um, what I found, at least when I was measuring it, um, on my Ruger, it's a little bit heavier in double action. It's about 11 pounds right around there, uh, whereas the Python was 9 pounds. But then I found the Python was heavier in single action, closer to 4 pounds, where my Ruger was closer to 3 pounds in that. But um, the way you would measure these things, and again, um, just to pop this open, so this is clear, this revolver. And um, if you're going to do this uh, really and to be really accurate, um, you know, you put this in a padded vise and hold the, uh, the gun solid. Um, you can get away kind of uh, with doing it by hand like this. But what you would do is you'd stick the um, the gauge in there on the trigger and then hanging onto the gun. And I'm doing it here in double action, and I'm just pulling back on the gauge. And I'm watching the digital readout. It's up to four pounds, five pounds, six. Uh, and it reads in ounces to uh, down the tenth of an ounce. So I'm up over seven pounds. And let's see, you can see the trigger uh, or the hammer start to come back right around 10 pounds, and then it breaks around 10 point, uh, looks like 10 pounds, 11 ounces. So in double action, uh, you see that on here. And if you could see this thing, it's, it's a nice display on here. You clear the numbers out. And to test this thing again in single action, where you cock the hammer back, it's the, uh, the same idea. So you put this on the trigger and just start to pull it back. And it's reading now in ounces. I'm actually pulling back on it. It's up to uh, 13 ounces. Uh, now I've got one pound, seven ounces, and it looks like about two pounds, five ounces, a little bit more, three pounds, and it broke there around three pounds. It says nine ounces or 9.1 ounces. So how do you know what's good and what's bad? Um, it's not so much a good and bad thing. Uh, these things are all rated. If you look on the websites, um, 
the uh, the Ruger one is rated. Um, Ruger is the one I couldn't find on there. Uh, or did I find? I found it on a different website. Is it in your owner's manual? It's um. It probably is. Um. I didn't bother to look up the owner's manual. Nobody but, reads the but, owner's um, manual. I'm I did find you. it, and I think it was right around eleven pounds, is what they were saying, on there. Um, and like the Glocks, for instance, because I, I measured my Glocks, and I looked at my Glock twenty six, and I took five measurements there, and the first one was a little light. I got five five pounds eight ounces. The other four were all six pounds, and between six pounds two ounces, six pounds six ounces. And uh, according to the Glock site, uh, for the Glock 26, um, the force should be uh, 29 newtons. Oh, yeah. Which converts <laughs> to about uh, six pounds, I think 2.9 ounces, something like that. So it was pretty close on the Glock. I realize that. So do, do, do the different models have different? I, I thought they were all standard. Are, are the, all the different models have different? Uh... Uh, well, you know why I looked at it that way? I've, I've heard the Glocks are all around five or six pounds. That's what I'd heard, um, yeah. But I the way the reason I came I looked the twenty six up because I also did it on my Glock thirty four, and I was reading uh, three pounds. A couple of them were at uh, two pounds fourteen ounces, and and that was low. And then I realized that I changed the trigger. I've got a pyramid trigger in my thirty four, hmm. and um, you know when I got that and I got it through the Glock store, and you know what I was saying was okay, don't you know leave it leave the uh, the weight you know kind of standard. And um, apparently it's not standard. It's a little bit lighter, <laughs> but which is okay because that's the one I use for matches. So it's better that that one's lighter. Competition um, gun, yeah. So, yeah, and the reason I looked up the 26 is because I had that. I would have checked the 19, but I carry that one. I didn't feel like unloading it, so I didn't look at the 19. <laughs> but um, it seems to be pretty reasonable, you know, accuracy-wise. Um, this thing, uh, if you get it off of Amazon, you can get it the next day uh, for $47, which is actually $20 cheaper than it is on the um, on the Wheeler site. Uh, it's got a bunch of good um, good reviews, good ratings. It's got a one year warranty on it. Um, you know, runs on a couple of AAA batteries. So it's actually a, a pretty handy little thing. And uh, you know, if you work on your guns a lot, and um, I I was just gonna say, why would you need this tool? Yeah, and see, again, I don't. You know, you could adjust these things for people that really get into it. Um, and if you're doing that kind of stuff and you're trying to tune the trigger in, uh, you'll want to do that. Sometimes you just want to know what it is. Um, because like for instance, um, going out the front site, when we go out and do those charity shoots, yeah. they check your gun. And yeah. I've had people tell me that, um, especially with Glocks that they checked it and they said, no, it's too light and they don't want them to use it or they want to adjust it back up to where it's heavier. And, um, it's interesting. I didn't bring the 34 this year. I shot, I shot the match with, um, with my 19, but that 34 would have been lighter. It would have been interesting to see if, um, you know, they said something about that. I, th I think they're, I want to say they're, I, you know, I don't want really to give bad information, but I think they're, I, I've heard their minimum is three and a half pounds. Yeah. And that could be, um, like I said, I was measuring a little bit um, over that on my 34, which, which is fine. I mean, the trigger feels great. So they probably would have, I've seen them, uh, you know, tell people, Hey, you got to go get that checked out by the gunsmith. And I'm sure the gunsmith has that, has a tool, you know, to yeah. check it out. But I've heard that that's their minimum allowance was th three and a half. So you probably would have made it with your, with your 34. Yeah. And that could be, and again, and you see the 1911s are even lighter than that. I think the 1911s a lot of times are in that two pound range, two to three, something like that. That, that. I mean, that is, it's for a Glock to be six pounds, which I don't really consider a Glock a really heavy trigger. It's, it's chunky and kind of uh -huh. clunky, but I don't yeah. consider it to be a, heavy trigger especially when compared with a revolver then people are dropping that down to two pounds Jeez, you just you sneeze and you shoot yourself <laughs> well it, that, that well that's the concern with front sight that's the if, concern. It, if it's too if it's too light you know all you yeah. have to do is sneeze and, and if you got your finger in the trigger like yeah. those people did in chicago 
and again, you know, realistically, that would have not. Um, I would the not folks have on the lawn. That. Oh yeah, that, that was, was uh, one of the complaints. St. Louis, because or saying because that lady had her finger in the trigger yeah. in her eye when conniptions. Yeah, yeah, and I don't remember what kind of gun that was. That was a double action, single action that she was uh, carrying. Yeah, no. was, I thought it was like a Walther or something, yeah, wasn't like it, Walther. or a Bursa? Does that have yeah, a double action mode in it, or no? Uh, I don't know. Because yeah. if it does, then she was semi safe. <laughs> well. I got to tell you, listen, I don't criticize people. Uh, I don't criticize their behavior when they're in fear for their life. Oh, Especially man. Yeah. Either. And that's the <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. I got so, no problem with, with them at all. Yeah. But anyway. But, um, but yeah, with this, uh, you know, like I said, it's nice to know, um, you know, where your trigger's at like that. Um, when we were talking about the 1911s, uh, my 1911 is noticeably lighter than like Glock 34, you know, trigger wise. And, uh, you know, I have I didn't measure I didn't think to measure that today. I'll, I'll try that when I get home, though, just to see where that is. But I'm guessing that's in the two point something range. Well, it makes sense too that, you, that what is this a GP 100, 100, 100. Yeah. So it makes sense that the GP 100 has a uh, heavier trigger um, when it's double action and a lighter trigger than it when it's single action than the the, the Colt because uh it's not really because in competition, it's not. It's, it's not really. You're not really shooting it competitively in, in double action, are you? Uh, yes. Typically? Yeah, you are. Oh, you are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shows how much I know. that way. Shows how much I know about revolvers. <laughs> Do you happen to know the uh, the top rating of how many pounds that will pull at? Because I know some revolvers are very heavy in the double action. They'll go off the scale yeah. for some of those trigger weights. Good question. I, I meant to mention that here too. The um, yeah, this, the um, the gauge will measure up to 12 pounds, and there are revolvers that go over 12 pounds. And I could not, when I was looking for gauges, I could not find gauges that read over. I know they're out there. I just uh, I just didn't come across any. This one will go to 12 pounds, though. Awesome. So, um, yeah. So, uh, like I said, it's a nice little tool. So, it, where do you buy it? Um, I got this off of Amazon. You get it the next day. If you order one today, you'll get it tomorrow from Amazon, and it's $47. Um, do like you get any local gun stores sell them? Uh, I bet they do. Yeah, I didn't look around locally, but um, yeah. I'm sure there's uh, probably some of them that do anyway. Right. We'll ask David Chong. He's up next. We'll see. Yeah, he'll, we'll find oh, out if he's go. got 26 of them in stock. And but can, it's good to know you can get it next day in case you have some kind of trigger pull emergency. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and David could tell us how the real professionals use these things. Uh, and how is, often should you actually test your guns, too? Um, how often do you care about knowing that? Well, you know, that's uh, what I'm saying. There's got to be a reason. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM. 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Welcome back to FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Yeah, Gun Owners Radio right here. Uh, this segment's brought to you by AO Sword Firearms. Thousands of pandemic buyers just found out what San Diego shooters already knew. AO Sword Firearms in El Cajon has the widest selection of guns in the county. AO Sword has hundreds of different new and used guns in stock and everything you could want for an AR-15. Whether you are looking for the latest competition rifle, combat pistol, or collectible cowboy iron, you'll find it all at AO Sword. They are also very professional gunsmiths in the house with a full machine shop. They can clean, repair, upgrade, or even customize your gun, including Cerakote. Check out A.O. Sword's legal and technical updates on Facebook or on AOSword.com. 
With that being said, our very special guest, our firearms expert, David Chong, is on the line, and he's going to talk about SBR AR pistol, regular ARs, and what is the difference. But before we have him get into that high-tech information, Joe wants to ask you a question, Dave. Oh, did I? Sure. I didn't know that. <laughs> about about that. the we were going to ask him about we um if you were listening to the last segment we did a little gear review on a Wheeler uh, trigger gauge a digital trigger gauge and oh, sure um, I use one of those there you go and that's what we were we were wondering I bet David's got a perspective on how real professionals use it because uh, yeah well I want to know if you had those in stock because Joe for some reason is pushing Amazon again <laughs> and because he likes that big truck. So I was thinking that, well, let's ask David to see if he may have them in stock because it's always fun to talk face-to-face than to a big blue truck. Sure. We stock those uh, beautiful gauges, and uh, we promise they won't get stolen off your porch. See, there you go. (laughs) I like that. All right. So it didn't mean to throw you off there, but I would rather have people buy from you than You threw me off. Well, I did that intentionally. You got your dozen eggs. Uh, when you use them at home, I'd just say the one thing is uh, you've got to uh, consistently uh, reproduce the the pull action every time. Trigger it up right in the center of the shoe where you're going to uh, where you're going to pull the trigger um, because it will give different readings if you don't pull straight back. I suggest actually jigging up the uh, the handgun uh, in a vise. Of course, do that delicately with padded jaws so you don't hurt the gun. Um, and pull straight back, uh, anchoring the the hook uh, uh, right where you're going to pull that trigger. Which should you do it like more than one time to get an, an accurate assessment of the trigger pull? Yeah, we do an average of three, and if it's gotcha. uh, varying widely, we we do an average of five. Okay, gotcha. All right. Well, that's good to know. I mean, Joe did a really good job, you know, explaining it. And the first thing he said was, it should be in a a padded secure vice. Yeah, I knew how I was supposed to do it. (laughs) But he didn't bring his vice. Everybody's got their vice, Dave. Well, that is true. David Chong does not have a vice other than guns. (laughs) So, David, we had so Rich wanted to know. We had a question. I I knew you were the right guy for the for the job. He wanted to know if you could uh, explain what what's an SBR. What's an AR pistol? How do they differ from a regular AR? Sure. Happy to answer that. Uh, I'm going to handle it very quickly because I need to get into a very serious issue. We are right now in the middle of a showdown with the California Department of Justice. It affects uh, many handgun buyers, and uh, I'll explain how a portion of it it uh, affects everybody trying to buy a, a gun today. Well, if you want to do uh, that first and yeah, save the first. question, yes, because that's way important. And yeah, do that first it, and save the question it is for last. Important, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to tease it too much. The the, the pistol question is easy. In uh, there are two different definitions you have to worry about. One is how things are defined federally, and the other how the California Department of Justice defines things in California state. Um, usually the California guidelines are based off of federal, but sometimes California makes up its own interpretations. Uh, federally, a rifle is considered anything that's uh, made to be readily fired from the shoulder. And the, the, the practical uh, litmus test there is, does it have a stock? Because a stock is what you put up against your shoulder to fire a, a rifle from your shoulder. Um, a, a pistol, uh, a handgun has some additional definitions, meaning it doesn't have a stock, 
Um, it's it's made to be fired offhand. Um, it's uh, not supposed to have additional uh, hand grips in California uh, to um, uh, allow it to be fired with two hands. Um, but California currently follows federal law saying that an, an arm brace, uh, most people asking this kind of question know what that is. It's a uh, uh, SB makes SB tactical makes them SIG braces are, uh, are included. Now there's tail hooks and all kinds of different wedges and devices that are uh, designed uh, and, and marketed so that people with uh, wrist disabilities, uh, hand strength issues or whatever can can use um, larger tactical style pistols that are, for example, based off of an AR-15 or uh, um, in other states you can get scorpions and all kinds of stuff. Larger platform pistols that, that, have, uh, that are related to uh, rifles, um, but you can use them and, and stabilize them, so wrist brace stabilizers, stabilize them against your forearm or, or strap them to your wrist um, or even uh, get a cheek weld uh, on the side of your face. But they're, they're not intended and they're not designed to be fired from the shoulder. Now, the current uh, federal interpretation of uh, a wrist brace is if you put it on your gun with the intention to use it as a wrist brace or a stabilizer, and it happens to be shouldered now and then or, or whenever you're, you're firing it, that's okay so long as your intent wasn't to build a rifle that was readily fired from the shoulder. Your intent was to build a pistol that you used this brace on. It's hard to prove intent, and you'd have to say, oh, no, I intended to build a rifle when you, uh, if you were ever prosecuted. But this all comes into play in California because unlike all other states, California says, once a rifle, always a rifle. Once a pistol, always. Uh, once a pistol, it's a. It, it can only be a, be a pistol if it was born a pistol. And if you turn a pistol into a rifle, it can't turn back into a pistol. Other states, you can configure it so that oh, today it's got a stock. Tomorrow I'm going to uh, take off the stock, put on a wrist brace, and then uh, put on a different upper receiver that has a, uh, sh- a shorter than 16 inch barrel. In that order, by the way, that's important, and that's beyond the scope of this radio show. But um, uh, it's really that that stock and the barrel length. If it's got a stock, it needs to have a a barrel that's over 16 inches. Otherwise, it's considered a short-barreled rifle, which was uh, outlawed uh, way back at the beginning of the 20th century with the National Firearms Act. If it is a pistol, then it can't have a stock. It can't be meant to be shouldered, and it's got to have a, a barrel less than 16 inches. That's a lot of answer, but I, I hope that clarifies some things. What have I left uh, unclear? No, nope, that's perfect. Yeah, that's you sound perfect. like Sam the Gunman with that one. I'm <laughs> telling you. <laughs> so, okay. so roll into your DOJ thing, because I'm, I'm chomp- I can't wait to hear about it. We have currently been uh, we are currently in a showdown with the Department of Justice over a handgun sale. Um, penal code thirty two thousand. That's the Department of Justice's uh, enforceable law. Um, says that uh, I paraphrase. Basically, uh, if you, if there's a gun that's not on the California handgun safe roster, safe handgun roster, then then citizens cannot buy it. 
It also says that a whole bunch of agencies, including the military and naval forces of this state or the United States, can buy those guns. And then there's a very important extra section. It's B4. It says that the sale or purchase of a handgun uh, by something, 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 or the military or naval forces of this state of the United States uh, uh, it, uh, is allowed. And this section does not prohibit the sale to or purchase by sworn members of these agencies of a handgun. So we have uh, frequently military policemen, and they go by different names, security forces or master at arms, uh, depending on what branch of service they're in. But MPs, uh, those are military law enforcement officers uh, who have gone through uh, law enforcement training and currently serve in a law enforcement capacity within the military, just like the penal code says, they buy off-roster handguns from us on a regular basis. Uh, last week, the Department of Justice decided to start trying to enforce their new opinion, which, uh, Michael, you were party to way back in, what was that, uh, yeah, March? March, we had yep. a meeting? Yeah, we had a meeting where they said, hey, we're going to crack down on off-roster handguns. We don't care how they're getting them. Uh, it's our opinion that it's all illegal. And that was strictly opinion uh, because we, we named several instances in which it is legal for people to buy off-roster handguns or have them transferred to them, such as intrafamilial gifts. Um, but in any case, uh, we had our first uh, call from the DOJ saying, hey, you need to cancel this transaction. And here's where it gets very interesting. They didn't deny this person. And here's where everybody, everybody listening who may buy a, a firearm, this involves you. So the DOJ can come back and approve your uh, application to purchase a, a firearm after 10 days. They can deny it. They can uh, delay it after 10 days, which says we're, we're not sure we're waiting to hear back on something or we're looking into something first further. And then they have up to 30 days from the date of your original application to purchase to, to either approve, deny, or say, we don't know. It's undetermined. Uh, Mr. Gun Dealer, you can figure out whether or not you want to release it. Um, the, the, the only positive actions they can do is, uh, uh, approve or deny. They didn't deny this gentleman. He, they said, um, uh, we'd like you to cancel the transaction. That's important. They didn't deny it. That would, that would be me saying, Hey, we don't want to sell this gun to you after all. I said, why would you like me to cancel it? They said, well, because he's not authorized. He can't buy an off-roster handgun. Well, yes, he can. Uh, what's your reasoning? They said, well, penal code 32,000. I said, you, do, you need to read 32,000. It says he can. Um, I'll skip I'll skip forward. Well, I'll tell you what. Hang on yeah. to that. We're going to have you hang over because this is extremely sure. important. Don't go anywhere, Dave, because we really want to hear the answer to this. Plus, it'll make everybody stay. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Play the game. All right, folks, 
Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right. Hey, California assault weapon laws makes it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cali Key. It'll convert any mil-spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight pull bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. Self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and properties, U.S. Law Shields is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year. With the comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price, bad guys don't take days off and neither does U.S. Law Shields. What's your plan after you defend yourself or your family? Consider a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at uslawshield.com. That's uslawshield.com. How home mortgage interest rates have dropped, and if you're looking to buy or refire, if you're considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Riley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Call Chris Riley at 619-722-1303 or go to primeres.com backslash Alpine. Okay, we held David Chong over because he had a, a very disturbing uh, scenario that's going on here in San Diego. Continue, sir. Sure. Catching up. Uh, uh, we sell many off-roster handguns to military policemen. Uh, they're usually approved. This one, they asked us to cancel. We said, no, we won't. And so they said, okay, well, let me get back to you. Then yeah. the field representative called us and they said, Oh, you're right. In limited circumstances, they are authorized to purchase a uh, off-roster handgun. So uh, just go ahead and get a, a law letter, a letter of approval from his commanding officer saying that this is a gun for duty use and that uh, he, he is authorized to use that. I said, well, I'm, I'm not going to be obstinate. And so I will ask the customer to produce that. However, if he fails to produce it, I will not cancel it, and you will still have to deny it, uh, thereby causing, uh, giving him cause for a lawsuit against you and the state because this portion of the penal code where it says uh, people have to get a, a letter from their commanding officer or their chief of agency does not apply to getting the gun at all. It specifically applies to them skipping the 10-day wait. Law enforcement officers buying a gun for duty use uh, with the permission of their CO or chief of agency yet can, in fact, walk out of the store with the gun that day if they have a letter. Um, you can't, the, the, the DOJ can't also say, well, since they have to get a letter for some things, let's go ahead and say they need a letter for everything. So I said, uh, I'll ask him for it, but if he doesn't get it, I'm still not canceling. Well, 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 can you just get it? I will, but I'm warning you, uh, we, we take these, uh, uh, we sell these guns to qualified military and law enforcement all the time. And just because this one gets one, that's not gonna solve your problem for the next time. The um, the field officer agreed, and um, she's contacted me twice since, saying, "Do you please have that letter?" No, and uh, but he says he's going to get it, and I'm still not going to cancel it. So you're going to have to deny it if you uh, if you want it gone. And that's where we sit today. Uh, the last letter I got from her was yesterday on the weekend, uh, and I said, uh, 
Yeah, it's coming. And she said, oh, good, 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 good. Good, good, What do you good, think good. of that, Michael? Why can't, can't you just obey and be a good boy, David? <laughs> no, don't they're, do they're, it. Don't they're do trying it. to make up the law and screw everything up, and you're standing in their way. How rude. Hey, so is this... And they ca- are trying to bully me. I mean, understand uh, that this this opens me up for uh, new audits and increased enforcement. I, I lose tens of thousands of dollars uh, when uh, in lost work hours and productivity when they audit me. Th- listen, th- uh, there's no question. Everybody listening right now, th- absolutely a predatory agency and uh, cannot be trusted should not be trusted they are not here to enforce laws they're here to bully honest law abiding citizens like david uh, now is this california doj or atf it's california yeah. doj right doj atf rolls their eyes at this stuff that's interesting yeah. okay well absolutely well david keep us informed because I, I really want to hear how this turns out i'm looking forward to next week or, or, or the week after to hear how this turns out and uh you know stand firm or if there's anything we can do to help please please let us know well and i'm sure john Dillon would be happy to get a chunk of this well yeah i tell you what in the meantime since this this gentleman's uh, application has been in limbo we've sold another off-roster gun to a qualified military policeman Good. Um, we we infor- we unfortunately, you know, we had to take a lot of extra time and inform that guy uh, out of uh, um, I don't know what you call it, you know good customer service. Hey, you are authorized to purchase this, but here's what we're going through right now. And he said, No, I'll, I'll roll the dice. Let's see what happens. Yeah, so he's good. also applied without a letter. All right. Yeah, Dave. So thank you very much, gentlemen, for your oh. for your attention. Oh no, that was awesome. You don't ever hesitate. We'll be happy to help you and get the word out to the general public. Because uh, that's extremely important, and uh, we'll and, talk. Uh, yeah, and I am trying to be a good boy because sure. I am following the actual law. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. So there's not. Yeah, there's nothing they can do to you, right? Right. Except shut me down. Yeah, I know, but like me. but that's okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, we'll get people involved, and, and you'll be open in no time. Have no fear. Thank you, thank you. All right, buddy. Take care. Ao Sword, folks, over there in El Cajon. Got to check him out. All right, we got Sam the gunman. Sam, what did you think of that scenario? Um, I only caught the tail end of it, but um, it's that, unfortunately, that's kind of the story with the way a lot of gun laws are enforced at the state and local level in this country. Um, a lot of the agencies, the, the police departments, and uh, sometimes even individual officers don't actually understand how the laws work. That is so true. That is a very good statement. Or they understand and they're just bully predators no most of, most <laughs> you know? of them just really don't know yeah yeah no, when in doubt they just do it all right california doj is horrible so what do you got for the boy if they're listening out there i said it okay uh sam the gunman fantastic uh segment every week called stump my nephew sam's mm-hmm. my nephew um he is also uh the ripe old age of 20 years old and he knows uh, more about uh gun trivia than most of us have uh, ever thought uh, ever thought yeah <laughs> it's pretty amazing so every week we have somebody write in and if we use your question we send you a t-shirt if you stump my nephew we include a hat with that t-shirt so that's ah. ah, nice that's nice yeah. okay so this week's uh question comes from miss megan in santee uh she asks what caliber was the Bushmaster arm pistol. What caliber was the Bushmaster arm pistol? Thanks very much for the question, uh, Megan. So for those of you who don't know, a little bit of background, and I'll try and keep it brief because I know I'm short on time. Um, Well, actually, first, the answer to the question. uh, I believe it was in 221 Remington Fireball. 
um, and then a later version was in 5.56 NATO. Uh, is that is that correct? It's ridiculous. That you, you got the that. eyeball. It's absolutely ridiculous that you know that. Correct. <laughs> the so, AR. Well, tell them what the AR arm pistol was. Okay. the uh, The Bushmaster arm pistol was um, an experimental personal defense weapon developed by Bushmaster for the United States Air Force. Um, it is a bullpup configuration, short uh, carbine-looking thing, really more of a pistol because it doesn't have a stock, um, that was designed to be used as an aircrew self-defense weapon in the event that the, uh, the aircrew of whatever aircraft, presumably a bomber, were shot down. Um, and the, the really interesting thing about it uh, is that it actually has a receiver that rotates independently about the bore axis um, independently of the pistol grip. So if you look up photos of it, you can see that um, the, the receiver is off at an angle and the, the magazine is sticking off to the side compared to the pistol grip and trigger. Um, that's not fixed. Those, those two pieces can just completely rotate independently of each other. Uh, that, that, I believe that one minor correction. I don't believe it's technically a bullpup configuration, though. I think it, it, it is. The um, the receiver is behind the uh, the fire control unit and the pistol grip. Oh, all right, we might You're arguing with <laughs> the gunman. I might you? I might take I might take that to Google. I don't I don't. Oh God! Well, pardon. everything's on Google. But everything fantastic. Why Why do you know that? You're talking to a man whose daily driver is a bullpup. Um, <laughs> He's right. What do you have again? You have a uh, Keltec RDB. Yeah, I've I've seen pictures. I've yeah, seen it's pictures. a year. Why Why do you know that? Why do you know about the Bush Bushmaster arm? I was sure that this is. I thought That's you know one what? There was really weird off the ball, um, off the wall, oddball uh, firearms that came out of the Cold War, um, designed to fit a very specific niche purpose, uh, but that were uh, never really. And he uh, loves that stuff. Still and used. So that's, it, it's one of those interesting things right. that, uh, like, if you're a gun guy, you should know it. <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> Throwing Michael, down the gauntlet. you're not a gun guy, so you're done. By the way, um, Uncle Michael, I don't yes, know sir. if you knew this. I didn't know this until uh, your, uh, your older sister told me. But today is Gaston Glock's 91st birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Mr. Glock. I didn't know oh, that. Be darn. How about that? There you go. We're not going to sing happy birthday. No, we're not going to sing happy birthday. Always learn something on this show. Absolutely. Awesome. You're the best, buddy. Thank you very much, and uh, keep up the good work. Nothing I like better than to watch your uncle get all stumped. You see one eye goes one way and the other (laughs) eye goes the other way. It's a total trip. Thanks for having me on, and uh, everyone out there, make sure to wish happy birthday to your favorite uh, Austrian plastic chair manufacturer. (laughs) You got it, buddy. Thanks again. Nice job, Sam. All right, folks. Hey, all you podcast listeners, make sure you listen to the first hour of our podcast and the second. Go to any of your podcast supporters. There, We are there. Please support all our great sponsors, the Gun Range San Diego, Firearms Legal Protection, San Diego County Gun Owners, U.S. Law Shield, Cali Key, PRMI Mortgage, the Dillon Law Group, AO Sword Firearms, and I really want to thank Michael Schwartz, Joe Germisi, uh, Sam the Gunman, and our digital master, Brendan Thomas. Again, go to gunownersradio.com for podcasts, up-to-date information, and anytime you want to send us a question, and go to San Diego County Gun Owners for the Gun Prom August 15th. The theme will be uh, cowboy, so you need to wear a cowboy hat, cowboy shirt, boots, and uh, chaps, and, uh, you know, right? 
Well, there's no, there's no. Come on, there's a cowboy <laughs> theme. Joe, is there not a cowboy theme? It's not a cowboy. Oh, there's a cowboy theme. Cowboy there optional. There you though. go. Let's, let's gonna, call it cowboy hey, optional. If you haven't seen Michael Schwartz in chaps and a big 10 gallon hat, you'll definitely love it right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer Gun Owners Radio, fighting to preserve and restore your Second Amendment right. Learn more about Gun Owners Radio and how to become a guest or sponsor by visiting gunownersradio.com. Join Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz every week at this same time as they talk guns and Second Amendment rights. Have fun while staying informed and getting involved. This has been Gun Owners Radio on The Answer San Diego. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.